With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. We all be is honor once again to have on 2013. We all be out of this lifetime achievement award honoree, and also all time people, black people champ, and goddess sister queen Salazar Ali. How you doing today? Oh, I'm doing just great. Yeah, also it's good to hear you. I'm sorry, I'm glad to hear that. And also, uh, people know you a lot about the Hidden Color series. It's doing pretty well, and I saw all three of them. And you are definitely a star of that series. I know you get a lot of people coming up to you as well about that. Oh, yes. Everywhere I go. <laughs> it's, uh, it's every city. It doesn't matter where. Uh, mm-hmm. Do know me from that. And it's really good because half of those people are young people. Right. And that's what has made the Hidden Colors so powerful. Now, here's the problem. Okay. As ex-slaves, we as black people in America, we don't know anything to do but steal from each other. And so what the vendors on the street do is that they wait on somebody to come out with something that's selling really well, and then they take it and bootleg it. And so we go places, and we sell the DVDs for 20 I think, at $25. Mm -hmm. That's what our investment, we need to get that back on each one, right? Well, you got the good brothers out there in the street. And a lot of them are the Africans, but they, the Africans have the equipment and the brothers buy them from them wholesale. And they sell a hidden colors one, two, and three on one DVD for $5. Wow. All three of them. And this is a problem we have. We steal each other's artwork. We yeah. steal each other's lectures. You go some places, and uh, everybody that's on the speaking circuit, their DVDs are on the table. And I have gone places and seen them. They'll mm-hmm. have uh, Julia Hare, Bobby Hemet, uh, the brother in uh, New York. I forget his name. But anyway, oh, they'll have everybody. Okay. Yeah. They'll have everybody out there, and they're selling them for $5 each, $3. dollars uh, $3, I'm sorry, two for $5. Now, wow. none of us sell our DVDs like that. So it is unfortunate that out of all of that good talk we talk all the time as black people, we can't get past that. Uh, trying to steal on the side. And so when I have went up to tables and told brothers, brother, why are you going to just rob me like this and steal, you know, my material? This is how I make my living. Right. He said, sister, we're getting the word out. I said, but you're not giving it away free because if you was, I wouldn't have a problem. It wouldn't bother me as much. I said, you're selling it to feed your family and take right. care of your people. I said, and it is so wrong that we do that to each other. So that's a problem we have. And, it's not like, you know, we support each other in the arts, I'm talking now, you know, any right. of those things that we do. Even if somebody come out with some good music or whatever, the bootleggers get that. Yep. And, uh, you know, I can remember when it started with the movies, and we didn't know it would grow like this. And we weren't doing that much, so it didn't seem like it would be a problem. But you can get any of the singers, and I know their families are not getting no royalties from that. Right. Well, I call those people Kunsh's Negro Pins, so what I call them in graham crackers. And um, it is a lot of that going on. So it's like they're getting y'all stuff out there, but they're not understanding the message that you're trying to parlay or get to well, them. Well, obviously they don't, or they wouldn't be stealing from their sister and their brother, you know. 
Right. And a lot of times, if I'm just on the radio, they take me off the radio and put it on a DVD and sell that on the street, bro. Now, I see this. It is a problem with us in this period. I just think it's kind of crazy that we, like the stuff you said 20-something, 30 years ago is still all too relevant. Like the things that Malcolm mm-hmm. said 50 years ago, the things Tyler G. Wilson wrote about 80 years ago, it should be relevant right now. We should have moved beyond that. But I feel like, you know, I'm glad I'm talking to you right now because I look at the situation that happened last year with the Ferguson stuff. I went there several times. And also what's going on around the country with police brutality. But, but what is the real problem with black people? Like you talk about the fact that we steal from each other. But what is the, what's going on with it? Just mentally dead. And uh, we love the enemy. Mm-hmm. And the main problem that I see is that as black parents, the elders, the adults, we didn't teach our children who the enemy was. Right. Because of all of those deaths that we have seen black men be killed, had they known they were dealing with their open enemy, they would have functioned differently. Mm. They would have behaved differently had they known I'm dealing with the enemy, this guy wants to kill me, and I got the main thing I want to do is come out of this and preserve my life. All that woofing and talking and yakking and yakking and everything. we would They would have behaved differently had they known they were dealing with their enemy. But we didn't tell our children that because we all except most of us accepted integration as the solution, integration and voting, our biggest downfalls, those two things that we think has created progress for us. And actually, it has handicapped our children. They're just like open fodder out there for anybody to kill because we haven't taught them anything about the history. But even more importantly, we haven't told them who the enemy is because we think it will keep them from getting a job or getting along in society and all of that nonsense. Yeah, it is very troubling to see what's going on. Like, I, I look at the fact that I saw the Selma movie, and I talked to some civil rights activists, people like Dick Gregory and Reverend C.T. Vivian. That's just all nonsense. That was all nonsense. That was a waste yeah. of time to spend any money on Selma. <laughs> but it ain't even real telling the real truth. It was folks that fought back in Selma, though. It was black folks that were beating up on police dogs and everything. It's like, you know, I, I saw that uh, it was, uh, I talked to Judge Joe Brown. He said it was black folks beating up on police dogs and beating up on state troopers. They never talk about that. That's so how the well, black folks no, respond. They're not going to talk about that, but they got us back, whatever it was. So what Selma did is to just show the brutality of the southern whites at that time in Selma, just how brutal they were to us. Mm-hmm. But that don't do us no good. Right. Because you had interracial couples in the movie theater where I went. That didn't change nothing. The fact we think that, you know, that this is how they treat us, some of their ancestors or something, it doesn't mean enough. We think, oh, no, that's not them today, and that's what they say, and that's what, you know, we go with. But it it is a very frustrating situation that we just uh, refuse to change our plan. And, uh, you know, I have been saying, brother, which you probably, if you've looked at any of my old lectures, I've been saying for years that voting is not the solution to the problem of the so-called Negro in America. Mm -hmm. You know, voting is one thing, and this really ought to be on the bottom of the list. As long as we're in a situation where we only 12% of the population and the rule that governs voting is one man, one vote, majority rule, just do the math. How are we going to win anything in that and get anywhere in that? That's so silly. And even going back to the Trayvon Martin case, you know, I did a whole series mm-hmm. on Dr. Drew on call and everything. Right. And uh, I, in doing that whole series... You know, and I was listening to people and all of that talk about, we're going to change the stand your ground. Oh, we're going to work on the stand your ground in every state. Have you heard anything about stand your ground since then? No, ma'am. No. I haven't either. That's what I'm saying. And you know why? Because that's an impossibility. That law is going to outlive all of us to try to go state by state. Black people are not the ones making those rules. White people are. And they're not going to change those rules because a few Negroes then figured out how to get themselves shot, according to them. Right. You know, and so it, it's an unfortunate situation. Uh, we need to figure out, well, we're just not going to do what the, what needs to be done, we're not going to do. We're not going to set up any kind of separation. We are not going to take any instruction from the people that have gone before us. We keep waiting on some new leader, some new idea to come along with some new language that will allow us, you know, to uh, uh, 
come up with some kind of new program or something like that, and it's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. All of the information has already been given. People say to me all the time, I was like, you know, you'd be saying the same thing. Well, why not? We ain't got it yet. What do I need to say something new for? Repeat means everything. Look at television. That's the premise that advertising works on. You got to keep it coming all the time until maybe somebody will go out and buy it. So I just teaching this all the time. Maybe somebody will be able to take something into their home and change it. Uh, And every time we find out about something, the first thing we want to do is go and tell somebody else. If you look on YouTube, they then took people's lectures, different speeches and everything, and put it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Never mind trying to help somebody else. The, the premise is do for self. Get right. your stuff together. Get your house together, and you have plenty to do. But they think that they, this is how they express blackness. Oh, I'm going to go show this to somebody. I'm going to let everybody see this. And uh, I was out to an event a few weeks ago, and a brother asked me, where did I just come from? Couple of weeks. Where did I? Let me think. Mm-hmm. I was somewhere. Where was I at? <laughs> oh, Akron. I was in Akron. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm sorry, brother. There's too many things. Oh, I was all right. You all right? Mm-hmm. But anyway, I was in Akron, and mm-hmm. a brother come up to the table and he say, "Sister, uh, I got this one. Uh, when y'all gonna do Hidden Colors Four? I say, well, what y'all need, hidden colors 50, hidden colors 60? I said, I don't understand. How much information do y'all need to make mm-hmm. a change? Now, hidden colors been moved into the realm of just entertainment that everybody can look at and say, yep, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. that's true. Yeah. That's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we're not trying to have no grunt session where everybody just say, yeah. We're trying to help the people to get some knowledge to change. This is not for entertainment. Right. That's why everybody like to hear Malcolm and Minister Farrakhan speak rather than Arm Elijah Muhammad, who was all of our teachers. Mm. The greatest people that black people listen to or believe in were taught by Arm Elijah Muhammad. Mm-hmm. That's Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X, Minister Farrakhan, Sharazad Ali, Wallace D. Muhammad. You name them, if they were great in this country for black people, they were taught by Arm Elijah Muhammad. But because he didn't have that flair and showmanship mm-hmm. that our people like, right. you know, we want the church experience. You know, we want somebody to get up and get down, get funky, get loose, okay? And mm-hmm. so since we want that, um, then we won't hear somebody that just come at us in a sane voice and try to give us some information because we've been programmed to want to be entertained. But as I said, my my problem is now, that Hidden Colors is starting to be entertainment. Just some, like I say, they ask me, uh, when is the next one coming out and all of that? I say, well, how much? I did, my question is just how much information you need, brother. What do you need another one for? Those three actually cover the whole history of the Negro in America. Right. You know, it, 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 it's something, you know, that we just caught up in. Yeah, definitely. You you tell the truth about this. I know a lot of us got the good white people complex. You know, a lot of people, a lot of yeah. black folks looking for the white savior. Like black folks come out. You should listen to Tim Wise. And Tim Wise talking to the other practice. He ain't talking to me. Right. He's talking and to other white people. He can't do that for me. That's right. He's waking them up. He he's not right. us. And all of us think we know some good white people. We ain't waiting on them. We think we already know them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that's so, a problem. I have a niece. Mm-hmm. My niece is uh, 17 years old. She'll be 18 this year. She mm-hmm. just started her freshman year at college. Okay. Kent, Kent State, okay. Mm-hmm. But now, what I've over the years, since she was about 14, I've been trying to talk to her about different things. Mm-hmm. She won't accept that. Her parents put her in an integrated school, highly integrated, mm-hmm. and so she's got what she think a white friend. She's been to their white homes and everything. And so she told me, I was trying to tell her about, you know, how to be careful to deal. And she told me, well, what about the good ones? I said, well, I don't know any, and you don't either. I said, I know some who are nice, but we ain't qualified to judge them. Right. Because they're nice depending on the situation. Mm-hmm. I said, and if you and one of your white friends are in the employment office, all that niceness ends, darling, because the person behind the desk going to be white and they're going to serve their white sister or brother before they serve you. And when I say that, I mean give them a job. Right. I say, so you don't have equality with them. 
And if you could just understand that, but she still. But now listen, Kent State is integrated too. Mm-hmm. She's been up there about three or four months. Now she's calling me and want to talk. Oh, she's mm-hmm. finding out who is who now. Right. See, this is not school no more. This ain't high school. You know, it's, it's, you tell the truth about that because everything with white people is war. It's military science and economics. Everything with them is war. It's warfare. Whether it be culture, and, and it's making and information. money. And if they can't right. get money, then they'll have to go in and destroy somebody in order to get to exactly. whatever resources or naturally whatever it is. But you know, I used to hear those brothers saying, "This country is a corporation. It was founded on business. This is a corporation." And that used to, I couldn't get that together for a while. But now right. I understand it more. Because mm-hmm. everywhere they go, it's just to open up trade and figure out how to rob those people. Right. That's, that's, that's their history. That's, you go by the history. Yeah. And they mm-hmm. have not changed that because it still works. And so they just go and try to rob them. And uh, they do. You know, they're able, you know, to get that worked out. And But this is their same program that they've always used. That's why they're going into Cuba now. That ain't because they didn't decide that they love the Cuban people. Right. You know? Cuba got a lot of good stuff down there. Yeah, they go in there and open up all their stores and chains and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. Why do you never show? Like, I look at the media. The media is interesting to me. If if Cuba is almost 80% African, why do you never show the dark-skinned Cubans? What does oh, it say? you know what? That's the mm-hmm. same way when they do specials on the television on Australia mm-hmm. and Alaska, and you never right. see any of the original people. Right. And I have said, I wonder what they do with them when they come on there. Exactly. Where they at? Uh, how is it they only show the traders who came over and set up a trading post? Right. And then claimed it as their own. Mm. You know, they, they just don't tell, well, they want to just make everything always look like that they're first and that they own it and that they made it. Right. That hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. I had the biggest discussion about whether or not one day on the Dr. Drew show, and uh, we all fell out about it, disagreed, that's what I mean, about mm-hmm. the fact that Lincoln didn't free the slaves and why the slaves got freed at all. Right. They were in, they were incidental. That's true. They weren't interested in the black people having no freedom or equality. They didn't even want them to fight in the so-called war that they were having, the civil war that was supposed to free the black people. They didn't right. want the black people in the war. They wouldn't even recognize them as part of the soldiers. They had to fight. But you know who did, though? You know who did it first before the Union? It was Confederates. Because you had black folks fight with Jesse James in Missouri or Missouri. Mm-hmm. Uh, they signed up for it. I mean, with Cultural Raiders, you had... Black folks with Stonewall Jackson fighting with them, with the Confederates. Yeah. Anywhere we've, been a- anywhere we've been able to get in, get mm-hmm. accepted or some recognition with them, brother, we get that. It don't have to make no sense. It's crazy. It don't <laughs> have to make no sense at all. But you know, Sister Ali, wait, I'm sorry. Now, I was talking about, you know, it's funny, all these slave movies, I call them slave movies coming out with Hollywood, but I, I saw the history kind of uh, Sons of Liberty about the American Revolution. Now, you, co- yeah. you co- uh, compare and contrast that was Samuel. Now, as Samuel, the Andrew Young character said, we'll be crazy to go against the United States. They got all that military might. But in the in some liberty, those classes said, give me liberty or give me death. We don't give a damn. Right. You want to fight. Because, see, white supremacy, they don't reserve. When you want to overthrow tyranny and oppression, that's reserved for white folks to do. But well, when it comes to black folks and white supremacy, they want to just be docile and complacent and passive. That's a people whose ego was still intact. Right. We remember freedom. We don't have mm-hmm. no memory of freedom. Mm. We just want to be slaves today. Like we just want to be indoctrinated instead of, instead and of liberated. We, we are getting to a point that we don't even have a memory of when we got along wow. as man and woman. Mm-hmm. We don't have much memory of that no more, brother. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm just looking at it. I mean, you're a media person. You're an expert about what they do, the games they run. And I noticed, like, you know, uh, uh, well, Black folks, what they did with the coffee show, they got the coffee show off the air and they replaced it with the uh, new show called Empire. That's my take on it. That's the new black family. That's the new yeah, dysfunctional that's black family. That's right. the new successful dysfunctional black What's your take on that? Oh, I want to get your take. I don't know who you saw the show yesterday, but they had like the, the Lucius Lyon character played by Terrence Howard. He had a beef with the Nation of Islam. They said he killed his father. I said, is he the bastard son of Malcolm X? Where did they get ready to say that? 
say? What they gonna try to say? He was Malcolm's son or something? Yeah, I'm saying. They were, I was laughing. I was laughing out loud. What's your take on this show? Why are they bringing that in there? You know the fruit and the <laughs> What is that for? <laughs> and listen, that show is getting such rave reviews because we like that because it's about to rap and uh, right. Luke Daniels, the uh, mm-hmm. uh, homosexual, yeah, right. uh, is, uh, writing this and, and helping with it, sponsoring, producing it is uh, using it as his platform to get out the information about the problems the gays have in the family system. And it is just the most interesting thing to see, you know, how all of that uh, is playing out. But, no, the show don't have to make no sense. It don't have to. And that ain't no modern family because black people ain't wealthy like these people in there. Them some rich uh, uh, black people in this movie. And we don't have it like that. So, uh it is another black family that they get to use mm-hmm. and show, you know, and uh, the white stories and everything, they usually uplift white women. But everything right. we be in, it's got to show, you know, she done did 17 years in jail for drugs, you know. Everything mm-hmm. we do, it's, it's got to be really hard and bad and show that we was breaking the law. And, you know, this is, this is how they do it. But that's what sells. That, and that's what everyone is comfortable with. That's the thing, brother. Everybody's comfortable with that. But the thing about it is, when I saw that show, I said, it's nothing but the Kennedys and the Bushes and Black Face. This is what they do to get wealth. This is how they build the country. You know, they always come on, we the degenerating criminals. I mean, Mayor Daly was up to Buck Gangster, a gang leader, like Jeff Ford well, or Larry Hoover. This is what they did, what they had to do. Mm-hmm. And um, they'll fight with each other, but they'll come together on business. Exactly. If they can get some money or somewhere, split down, whatever, they'll do that. We won't even come together on business. We have such envy and jealousy. Oh, Lord. Mm-hmm. That, it's like a disease among us. Yeah, I also want to ask you this. I know I brought up Bill Cosby. I know you know what I mean. What's your take on the Bill Cosby situation? Oh, uh, it's probably true. I remember Bill Cosby mm-hmm. just got black. I remember back in the day. <laughs> See, one thing about being old, brother, is that you know the history. You was there. Uh-huh. I remember all that Bill Cosby with his wife now. It wasn't like that, brother. Mm. I remember when Bill Cosby didn't deal with nothing but white women. Mm. I remember when Dick Gregory didn't deal with nobody but white women. Oh, oh really? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, like, why, why, why now, though? Don't you think it's strange in the country where we had the Scottsboro Boys and the Central Park people? And Willie McGee, who got electrocuted by the state of Mississippi for allegedly raping a white woman, is it strange to have Bill Cosby get away with raping or sexually assaulting just many yeah. white women in this country? Well, a lot of those white women, he was so rich and powerful and famous. A mm-hmm. lot of those women thought they were going to get something. And all mm. they got was a one-night stand, a slam-bam, thank you, ma'am, and he went on with his life. And now many of them have looked up, didn't keep a job long enough to get any Social Security. They don't have any retirement. And so many of them just coming out saying, you know, I know one person I did deal with, but most of these women were whores on some level anyway. They were whoring their way to success or Hollywood or whatever they were trying to do. Whenever you're dealing with a bunch of models, you can be sure they're doing anything they can to get to the top. And, of course, with Bill Cosby, it's no telling what he promised them. They believed it. So right. they went for it. It's like yeah. some of them had like like Stockholm syndrome. Like, how are you gonna take money from a guy that's been raping you supposedly for years? Well, you know, sitting up in apartments no and stuff. Stockholm syndrome. They didn't have no Stockholm syndrome because it wasn't that kind of rape. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> they just participated. They ain't got no Stockholm syndrome, you know. <laughs> now we have it. We got right. it. Right. Yeah, should we show them that the good white people yeah. come play? I'm a- but, you know, well, Beverly Johnson, I thought it was interesting when she said that she was familiar with the drug that she took. I mean, like, he talked about the free love. Oh, there was a free love period where everybody doing orgies and stuff like that. That was, like, yeah, you know, that period. Brother, that was the life then in the 60s and 70s. That's what everybody was doing out there in Hollywood. Cause they the doing it now, but, of course, now they got better drugs. Now they got coke. It ain't right. Better, you, know. <laughs> you know, they got way better drugs now, okay? And they're uh, uh, they doing the same type of stuff. And uh, it's just more hidden, and they got more money and stuff now. Yeah, but somebody, if I got drug like that, I would go to the hospital instead of go back to my house. I mean, like, no, to me, no, if she, 
she hey, she been high before. She knew it wasn't gonna kill her. <laughs> <laughs> hey, she knew she wasn't gonna die. She just had to sleep it all, yeah. <laughs> and and then the one woman said that she walked in the door carrying mm-hmm. the barbecue. He flipped her around and before she knew it, it was over with. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> All right, the girl bad people be or anyone who has done anything, mm-hmm. okay, male or female, know that to pull that off, that's not an easy thing. Especially she's standing up at the door, that's not easy to do. So that's a lie. Okay. There's stories for women or men who have, you know, had involvement sexually over their lifetime know that some of those scenarios sound a little bit impossible. Now, the ones where he drugged them, that ain't impossible because if he gave them something and they knocked out, that's just it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you don't have nothing. But then, too, it's like the girl that went to Tyson's room. What are you right. going up to his room for at night? It is Mike Tyson, right? And dressing right. like they go in and they're dressing. Like I said, these was a bunch of hoes that, you know. And what's that boy told us? These hoes ain't loyal. <laughs> so, right, Chris Brown, he tell the truth, right? <laughs> Late in the history, they come. I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna get some money some kind of way, make something pay off. But if they had to line up all the men that they've been with, oh please, it was. And that's what probably is annoying Bill Cosby. Why me? He probably somewhere to me. Why me? Why would that? Why would they do this to me? Of all the guys they was with, because he the one with the money. Right. Yeah, and so and they have been successful. What's done in the dark, because they have destroyed his legacy. Is, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting because his show was on everywhere in the world, it seems like. You know, it was on TV, and now he took it off the air. And, like, to me, yeah, white folks... That's how they'll punish you. Mm. But with their heroes, they do it. Even Charlie Chaplin or somebody like Thomas Jefferson, they they protect, they, they make uh, thugs the heroes. White yeah. people do. They protect their people. Yes, they do. We ought to take a lesson from that. Because, we, you know, we turn on each other real fast. If we hear something or think something, we turn on each other really fast. I noticed that. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that in social media that you know when Beverly Johnson yeah. came out. Who the hell ever listened to Beverly Johnson before then? Like Black folks said, it's a rap for Bill Cosby. The pudding's in the Jello. Some stuff like people were saying that on social media. Put a stick in it because it's a pudding pop and it's done. I'm like, what? Who ever listened to Beverly Johnson for? Like, I'm just, I'm not knocking her, but you know, when did Beverly Johnson come to Black Authority or everything? <laughs> It was crazy looking at social media. Like, we are like infantile. We're getting this infantile mentality. The problem with this social media thing that they've got all of y'all hypnotized with, okay? Right. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, got, you know, we have black people now who can't live without going on Facebook every day and confessing something about their life. <laughs> That's true. This is how they live. This, they live through that. I mean, uh-huh. they put all their business out there. This is how they live. I was in the grocery store the other day, and I was trying to pay for something, and the woman had her phone back there scrolling. I say that don't let that phone make you lose your little job, okay? Mm. I say, because you don't know who in line. I say, what if I was somebody who was going to tell? That's right. I say, we do be telling. You do that on your mm. break and everything. You're not supposed to let me see you scrolling no phone while you're trying to take my order. Mm-hmm. You know. But uh, that's how it, you know, that's how it is. And all of that information we putting on there, all the pictures, all them connections, all them everything, all them things, what we buy, what we like. You know, there's some greater positioned white people who are using all of that for marketing strategies. Right. To put, find out where to put resources. And they're building a dossier with the FBI on everybody that's on there. That's why if you say certain words on there, type certain things in there, they'll be at your door. That yeah. tell us they're monitoring that thing daily. They got it set up where if you say certain words or make certain inferences, they, they, come, they got to come check you out. And cause you a lot of grief, a lot of, you know, hassle. That's so true. why black people think that when, and and they got it set up where no matter what you put on there, it never goes away. Mm-hmm. And now, why we would think that that's something good and something we ought to be, you know, grabbing on. Plus the phone, the telephone thing, the same thing goes for that, you know, and talking on that. But now mm-hmm. here's a question for you, young brother. Tell me this. Mm-hmm. What is it that they all talking about? We didn't never talk to each other that much without the phone before we start that before that got popular. What are we talking about, and to who are we talking it? What is that about? We don't nobody want to be alone with themselves no more. Right, so they right. Have to stay on the phone. 
That's, I mean, too. At, at the bus stop. You go anywhere, everybody that be on their phone. Yep. You know, people don't have to be social no more. Like, even back in, I look at the movement days back in the 50s and the 60s, some guys had to go door to door and stuff and talk to people and really work That's with the right. community That's and right. build a community. Now we have no community. Right. Have people just in a space. Like, I know I go to parties and folks be out of their phone. They're not in the moment. You're missing out on so much right. stuff. Right. They're not even there at the dinner table or nothing. They're on their phone. Right, and that's a problem. That is a problem. That's a disconnect. We're going to miss something or that somebody going to contact us and we won't know what they say, and it's an addiction. You know what's crazy, too? People expect you, when they, when they text you a message, they expect to get a response in a nanosecond. I think that's crazy. Folks would have to get a letter back in the day. They wait 30 days for a letter back in the 19th century. They were happy. Well, it was fun. It'd be one sentence. They were happy. But people want you to text like a novel to them within like five minutes of them texting you back. They think it's an insult. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I said, mean, what, what's going you on? You when they had the pagers and you mm-hmm. had to look at the pager and then go find a phone and call. Right. You know, and I remember when everybody had the pagers. And so I should have figured out that, okay, in a minute. And... The cell phone is the only product in American history that the white people 100% underestimated. They thought wow. a cell phone was just going to be something that businessmen wanted to use and everything. Mm-hmm. And look how that thing exploded. Everybody in America got a cell phone. They got rid of the pay phones, too, within 20 years, right? <laughs> you can't find a pay phone. Now that's a necessity to have a cell phone. You can't, even, you can't find a pay phone, huh? Right, you can't find it. In the emergency, you can't? Uh-uh. And uh, it's just a lot of those issues, but uh, that's they just underestimated that market, and look what it has turned into today. Right, so they, like, like I said, like it's like everything is warfare with them. Whoever get there first, like even with their news, it's not about being correct or accurate. It's like who reported first, mm-hmm. who get there first, and we claim all the rights because well, they white folks kill everything. Problem, our problem is that they, the enemy, decides what news is. Exactly. And if it's something that they're not interested in or they don't think it's news, they don't put it out there. And all of our publications, our black little newspapers or magazines or whatever, mm-hmm. we are restricted to the same system because we depend upon the white company corporate advertisements in order to stay in business. we got to find a better business model. You know, well, you that's find- what I said about voting. I say, we mm-hmm. need to come up with a new paradigm. This has not worked. And they'll tell me, are you saying that black people died for nothing all of that time they was out there? I said, maybe they did. We, it wouldn't be the first time we died for nothing. We're doing that every day. So we know it is one thing we will do, die for nothing. But I said, we need to look at something else. They made a mistake. That's nothing wrong with acknowledging that they made a mistake. They did the best they knew with what they had, the information they had. Right. We have a greater information now over the past 150 years of so-called freedom. Now, you know, a 75 of that was doing Jim Crow. So right. we haven't really had freedom that long. And I try to remind black people of that. We have not had financial success. And right now almost the majority of that is relegated to singing and dancing and jumping and hopping and playing sports and stuff. Right. Those are the people in our community who got the most money. Now, that's some other people that's got money. Of course, we know Oprah got some money. That's our one example. <laughs> but Oprah, see, the thing about I said somebody, I told somebody the other day, I said, if Oprah loses her wealth tomorrow, it don't mean a damn thing to black folks because she's not employing black people. She's not employing enough black folks for it means something to us as a people. Well, she does a lot. She don't put mm-hmm. everything out there that she does. She learns. She does a lot now for black mm-hmm. people. Puts a lot of them through college, and she got, you know, them other people she's working with overseas in Africa and a lot of things. So she does a lot. But I'm mm-hmm. just saying, that's our one big example that they throw in our face. White people got Bill Gates. We got Oprah. All right. Oh, interesting. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the, the other rungs of the ladder, you know, from that point on, uh, our greatest successes, as I say, you know, we used to have success in real estate. Uh funeral homes, insurance, mm-hmm. trains, yep. colleges. We used to have other things that we could invest in, but we had other things we operated so that when our children came out of school or off the farm, we had somewhere for them to go. We don't have nowhere for our children to go now, but get them educated and get them in line to go beg white people for a job. That's pretty right. much what we do. I don't care if it's a good job or a bad job. 
we are still in that system of trying to compete with them. And you they know, are trying to employ their own children, grandchildren, nieces, and nephews. That's right. They don't have work for the for the ex-slaves' children and great-grandchildren and everything. They don't have that for us. Can't be a pulpit porter no more. That's okay. And they have convinced us. They, mm-hmm. Right. They have convinced us that the world is going so fast now that it don't make sense to reinvent the wheel. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. We made it the first time we had one, okay? But That's right. we could still start different kinds of businesses, but we don't want to do that. We we don't have a food path, and I really talk about that. We don't have a food corridor. If you go into any of these African stores they have in America, they have a lot of food, rice, beans, everything that they're having imported in. They have their own labels on a lot of the foods. They have it even packaged differently. If you go into a lot of the uh, uh, Indian stores, they have their own spice line and food That's and right. canned goods and everything. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you go into the Asian store, you know they got all of their own stuff. That's all right. right. So where's where's ours? We mm. don't have a food path. If they close the grocery stores, they could starve us to death just by doing that, brother. Yeah, we, we are dependent on the system. We we don't have that. We don't mm-hmm. have a food path. We don't have a food corridor. We're not bringing no food in. The last person that was bringing food in was the Elijah Muhammad, okay? Mm. That was in the 60s. He was bringing in the chickens and the frozen fish from Argentina. He had set up international trade. Of course, all that has dissolved. Uh, Minister Farrakhan has purchased some of the farms back and gotten, you know, some things out of there. But I don't know who getting the food. Maybe the people in Chicago because we don't get none down here in Ohio. <laughs> I know of, uh-huh. you know. So I'm saying we need to have something everywhere to be. Don Elijah Muhammad told us, uh, uh, he announced in the 50s, I wasn't there then, of course, but mm-hmm. I had read where he said we need to open first aid centers in every major city so that our people will have somewhere to go to get help. Well, the white people heard that. They got those so-called urgent care centers all over the country. You ain't got to go to no hospital. You can just right. go to one of them and they'll take care of you. Well, that was his mm-hmm. idea. That's what he told us to do. Somebody could have started those if they didn't do but one. Mm. But everybody want to work up in the big hospital with the big white people. Mm. It's very difficult to get us to recognize. Now, the one thing Malcolm said that is true, just because you hatch an egg in the oven don't make it a biscuit. Just because we were born here in the United States don't mean that we are Americans. That's right. And we have not been treated like Americans. We don't even have the same heart as Americans, brother. Mm. We are different people. The nature of the white people and the black people is different. Certainly the nature of the white man and the black man. And that's not saying that black men have not studied the devil so much that they ain't they practice the same evil they practice. That's right. But they have been our teacher. We ain't been their teacher. You know, it's interesting, Sister Ali, when I'm thinking about all the stuff you're saying about the voting and all this other stuff, about owning our businesses, you know, black folks are obsessed with, with mafia movies and the, the lifestyle and the culture. What they fail to understand, a lot of them guys were illegal immigrants that never got citizenship status, and they couldn't vote because a lot of them were felons. But what they did was they paid off the politicians and the cops. They paid off the system. They understood how to work the system. And we have yet to understand or understand how to work this system without voting. And it don't really work for us when we vote. Because money comes, even the even the illegal immigrants, they raise money to get their lobby to get their policy to Obama. The old, and they have a commonality. Mm-hmm. See, you can't have unity without uniformity. Take mm. the Hispanics, the Latino people, okay? Right. They almost all got the same religion. They all Catholic mm-hmm. or something, okay? They got they all speak some level of the same language. They have the same holidays. They have the same diet. Okay. Mm-hmm. They use the same type of cosmetics. They do a whole lot of things of their customs that they have. They have uniformity, even though they may be from different uh, countries over in in the, uh, uh, what is that, out west. You know, right. Costa Rica, and, right. uh, Beirut, all of those, okay? They may have different uh, things, but they have uniformity. We can't have uniformity. In fact, we brag about the fact that we don't have uniformity. You know, we'll tell you in a minute, all black people are not alike. We're all different. (laughs) We're not monolithic. Everybody thinks we are, but we're all individuals. Well, that's the stupidest thing in the world for people in the condition that we are to say we all individuals. And so that's why 
if you say listen to something like talk radio, mm-hmm. I'm starting to not like talk radio because we go on talk radio and we beat a subject to death. We talk about it for a week or two, and after that we move on to something else as if we settled that issue by talking about it. Right. This should still be there. That's why nothing happened uh, behind this Trayvon Martin thing. Now, have you heard about Jordan Davis' uh, mother has come out with a DVD? I haven't heard I about heard that. Okay. that. I just heard that yesterday. So mm-hmm. look for that after we get off of this. Uh, she's That's come right. out with some kind of DVD. I don't know. She was the one I got on on the Dr. Drew show about talking about she had already forgiven the man and that she was praying oh, for him I and his family. Mm-hmm. I said, why are you praying for him? He's not praying for you. He just killed your child. Right. So she's just a little slave. So I was that's reason I was interested. Like, what kind of DVD could she have put out? So look for that on Jordan Davis' mother. I will. I bring you. Yes, that his mother, uh, his father didn't seem like the kind of slave she was, you know. And uh, uh, they uh, uh, have put those people and marched them, you know, around so much about the, you know, those poor parents, poor mothers and fathers and different things, you know. And uh, I'm uh, re-releasing Are You Still a Slave? Mm-hmm. So I can include some of the contemporary information in it. Because, you know, I've been talking about slavery for over 20 years, and uh, most people have not wanted to hear it, felt like it didn't have nothing to do with what we were doing now. But you, if you realize, a lot of that's changing now. Now that people are starting to go back and look at slavery and what happened then and how it still affects us today. That's right. So, you know, I feel so good. I feel so vindicated and exonerated for so many things. When I was on the Drew Show, I was saying that I had been talking to my 15-year-old, my 14-year-old grandson. Mm-hmm. And telling him, you know, who to watch out for, watch out mm-hmm. for the white police and do this and that and the other. Oh, they jumped on me. Oh, everybody got me about all that. Ah, now everybody they done found out telling their child that. The right, mayor, the mayor of New York. Yeah. That's right. He had to tell that Negro son of his, hey, now let me tell you about these right, other people. He can't tell. Yeah, you <laughs> so, get Negro. <laughs> and so, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, you know, like I say, I've just been vindicated. That's why I just stay with what I've been taught because it's the truth. There's no need for me to make up anything else. This is the information that we need to get drilled into our heads, you know. And uh, we still don't believe that uh, we have an open enemy here. We think it's a case basis, okay? Right. uh, Many times it is until you get in a certain situation. And then all of that goes out the window. You know, also I noticed too with, with black folks, when they make a mistake is they call racism a disease when it's a system thing. It's not a disease. It makes black folks sick with hypertension and diabetes and all that other well, stuff. I want so it's a you system to for them. talk differently. I want you mm-hmm. to stop saying they. Mm-hmm. You have to say we. We, all right. It ain't they, it's we. You know, yes, we. That's right. Right. Okay? right. That's right. That, that, crystallizes things completely different, and it helps you to study yourself more. It ain't mm. them what they do, because we ain't in no better condition because we're right here with them. That's right. That's true. That okay. is true. All right. Well, I also act like what our, uh, our problem, like, you know, we always talk about interracial dating, black men, white women, but what is this thing about healthy white men getting with the sisters? What do they know? What's the secret? Like, why, I mean, you know, George Lucas yeah, or Robert De Niro? Uh, They've uh, we've always been their concubines. They've always had access to us. Always, uh-huh. yeah. you know. They've always had. That's not anything new. Now they can be a little more open with it. You see right. all them sisters through the fifties and sixties and seventies and probably eighties up to two thousand that be working in their homes have not had to deal with those white men in there. Yes. Yeah. Mhm. Working in a lot of them offices and different things. Our women are still up under that kind of terror. And if they don't give out, then they lose their jobs or they're threatened. Right, well, many I, of us still living under that. Mm. So this is not new for rich white men to have his little uh, black woman on the side in the corner in the dark. Or even if he bring her out front, that's not new. What mm. it has done, though, it has made white men think that they can just hit on any black woman anywhere. They so is that, it's like... Stuff. Is that the fault of the black man for not, you know, defending the black woman? Like, I know in the Montgomery bus boycott, a lot of that was due to the fact that you had uh, white police officers and bus drivers in Montgomery raping black women. 
So, yeah, black men start getting the arm and protecting the black women, you know, making sure they get to their destination. They stopped all of that. You know, we, we don't have any of that. And our women have grown so uh, brisk mm-hmm. and uh, so uh, independent thinking that it would be hard to get them to understand that they need to not do certain things because they're telling each other, you better look for you a white man or a Hispanic man because black men ain't this and ain't that and not recognizing that that's the position that somebody else put you in. Mm-hmm. And many of us as black women think, well, I don't know why he can't make it. I did. Yeah, but we have a whole civilization designed to support and help us and keep us separate from you. Mm-hmm. And so it makes it look like it's so simple. I can make it. I don't know why he can't. It's not that simple. You all live under a different kind of stress. And these killings are not new, brother. It's just mm-hmm. with social media, we can get that information around faster and quicker and everybody can find out. These killings are not new. What well, well, good does it do? Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Now, this is not no new situation that's just to come up so now we can count the last five or six. And look how many more have been killed by police since then. This is just the way it is here. And it's going to be that way until we separate. And we're not going to do that. We're going to go kicking and screaming. We're not even we're not integrated now though. We're not even integrated now. We just around. Well, we think we think we are. See, social mm-hmm. integration has passed for being integrated into this society. We think we're mm-hmm. integrated because of social integration. You know, we can go to the store, to the movie, to the bar. We can go to anything white people is in, mostly anything. So you know, right. to us, we we think we are integrated. Well, I mean, you look at the legal system, I mean, you cannot get justice as a black person. No black person can oh, ever no, get justice. Oh, no, you're not going to get that, system. but that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, we have accepted that that's just how that is. And we'll go out and, you know, we'll kick up our heels a little while and do that, but there's no real change, you know. It it will take generations, brother, for the sweeping changes that black people are talking about. It'll mm-hmm. take generations, and it still won't happen. Sharpton, all of us, we're going to die out of this. It's not going to change. We'll be dead in the next generation of people. Well, already, we're 17 generations up from slavery, and we're right. sitting there now talking about how things haven't changed that much. But I also look at the fact that I started looking at research, so I started talking to people, and I look at some things, like I look at, you know, the era of Booker T. Washington and how, you know, it seemed like it was conspiracy to form the NACP in order to undermine his leadership in the Black United Front. I saw the things they were doing. You researched the things they were doing back then. You also had a lot of good people, black folks, had their businesses, they had their land. Okay. So now let me see this here. Mm-hmm. So what if it was? Mm-hmm. If we know that, if we find that out, so what if it was? Then what happened? That's a good question. I mean, so what if it was conspiracy? Like I said, we already know we're living with people that's not on our side. So right. if it is a conspiracy, then what? Even after you know that, what do we that change? Nothing. And that's my point about we just now done got a lot of information. We mm-hmm. got knowledge now. But to what end? For what benefit? <laughs> that's right. We sit around and talk about it and sound wise to each other? There's a lot of intellectual masturbation going on. I agree with that. It's like, <laughs> there's a lot of that going on. That's why I said these countries keep returning y'all. Like, you know, Hebrew, Israelites. Not nothing them by any means. I'm saying, like, we do a lot of talking. And white folks, they do a lot of you know, stuff behind scenes and stuff. Mm-hmm. They know how to hold their peace. They know how to act what is in their best interest. And everything with them is warfare, everything. Mm-hmm. Everything is war with and white people. Listen, Don Bernard Muhammad even told the Muslims, mm-hmm. he said the trouble with the Muslims is that you sit around and talk too much. You get up <laughs> and get it done. That's right. Because results speak for themselves. You get the results, they speak for mm-hmm. themselves. But you know how I have with all them brothers up in New York. Mm-hmm. You know, oh boy, they own it. There's a lot of them brothers here. Yeah. I know you're talking about. They go disprove. A lot of yeah, they gonna disprove everybody with whoever they say they was, and this ain't true, and that ain't true. So what? That's my only question. So what? Okay, that ain't true. Then what happened? That's right. They want to sit around and talk just to keep them from doing anything. They ain't got a bill, nothing. They ain't got one brick. 
All of them got jobs, so they standing on the street on the microphone talking every day. It's easy mm-hmm. to stand around and do that. Mm-hmm. It's easy also, to tell about something. Don't tell me no more. Show me. I know. I, I've been telling black folks that at the beginning of this year, our people, us, that we need to come out with institutions that we control because there's no black institutions really left. They, I mean, look at the HBCU, no, what they're doing. We accepted that the reason the historically black colleges are failing mm-hmm. is because we accepted that money from them. Right. It looked like it was going to last forever. You know, grants, donations, and all of that. Now the money drying up, and the schools don't have money. Many of them pay their utilities and things. But, I, you know, I look at that. You know, I look at the HBCUs, right? I look at the fact that most of them were started by white folks, named after, you know, white people. And you look at the one that wasn't. I look at Mary McLeod Bethune. I think we need to revisit what she did. I mean, when she started Bethune Cookman, she only had dollar twenty five cents. She bought real estate, came advisors and presidents and everything. We, we, we forgot about her. We have had the models, brother. We mm-hmm. can go to Booker T. Washington, to the right. normal institute. We need that, basic stuff. Mm-hmm. We could go to, uh, uh, what's his name, Noble Drew Ali. Right. Somebody get some ships together. Mm-hmm. Go to the Army Lights Muhammad, open up these individual businesses in our communities. I mean, we've already had the model for everything. But we just now, because we're in this technology age, we're convinced that you got to be involved with that or are you not up to modern times. Mm-hmm. We're going to get left behind. We're already left behind. Mm. That is so true. I mean, I, I, it is unfortunate that, uh, you know, I look at that, like you say, it might take, it's going to take some generations for us to even come around to have enough sense to fight back in a, in a logical sense of a way. Right. In terms right. of building and stuff like that. But yeah. I, I look at the fact, I look at, you know, with Malcolm and Dr. King, like, you know, you look at what happened, like, you know, 50 years ago with Malcolm. There was a black church that actually had a dance that night that Malcolm got killed in the same place. Well, I mean, he had no understanding of what took place. He was Dr. King. Mm-hmm. Thing. Mm-hmm. Malcolm didn't build nothing. Mm-hmm. Malcolm talked about what he was going to do. Malcolm didn't build nothing. He left the Nation of Islam, and that was his entire support system. Mm-hmm. And if Malcolm was alive today, three-fourths of black people wouldn't believe and go along with nothing Malcolm had because the only thing Malcolm had was the teachings of the army Elijah Muhammad. The only thing he changed up on is that he started believing that the white people was his friend and brother. Mm. But other than that, the only information Malcolm had was what he learned from the Army Elijah Muhammad. And our people was not going to go with that from Malcolm or nobody else. So they didn't, know, he didn't have no time, though. I mean, look mm-hmm. at the hypocrisy in that. Everybody, Malcolm this, Malcolm that. Well, yeah, I wouldn't be with Malcolm. But, you know, it's funny when you bring up Malcolm, too. Also, he talked about police brutality. The same stuff he talked about so many years ago is still the same way. Like, what's the good of all this knowledge when we call him Malcolm, but we're not willing to put our lives in line? We, have not, made, we have not made the kind of progress that we pretend we have made. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we do need we that got history it. piece. That's the one thing that I know I talked to some of the veterans of the civil rights movement. They said we failed in teaching the history. But teaching the correct history, though. The correct history. Mm-mm. That's just some more time that'll end up with us disagreeing and arguing about it. Well, I said in the first hidden colors, we don't agree on the history, so how are you going to teach that? The white people have one version, and that's what they've all gone with. We don't have right. 50 versions. You know, everybody it, go to Africa, come back with a different version. <laughs> but you know what? I'm glad you said that because, you know, with, with white folks, they, see, history with them is just myth. It's mythology. I mean, they take all our history and make it their own, that's and they right. put a white face on it. So with them, they got Hollywood. They control the media. They understand the power of milk and all versus of them reality. Agree on it. They all yeah, they all agree on it. That's right. That fighting, coming. No, that ain't how it was. Ain't nobody doing that. That's true. You are. You are. So you, uh, sister Ali, you are on it. I just. <laughs> I would ask you this too. Like I look at see the black women. Like I think about what Lord Hurston said so many years ago. The black women being the, the meal of society. And I look at this reality TV show craze and how they basically just using black women. I look at the sorority girls, like, you know, a lot of sorority uh, people were mad about the sorority sisters. So what about the real housewives of Atlanta? What about scandal and how to get away with murder? How do you... and, and, yeah, and that real housewives of Atlanta, I use that as a real example because those are women in their 40s. These ain't no girls. Right, they should know better. These are grown women. But this is where everybody is. 
I don't mm-hmm. know where TV will go after this because we've been in everybody's home now. Right. On everybody's job. So I don't know what they'll use next. But do you think it'd be wise that, you know, I look at the fact that, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, a white guy from South Africa, he won an Oscar uh, for a documentary called Searching for Sugar Man about a Detroit musician. And uh, he, what he did was most of the movie was done on his cell phone, his smartphone. And I was telling black folks, like, how they started Hollywood, they started small. You know, when Henry Ford started Ford Motor Company, it was small. When Sam Walton started Walmart, it was like a mom and pop shop. So Avon, you, should, you should be able to start small Avon, and think big. Avon was started in somebody's basement. A white woman just went down in the exactly. basement. So we need to be starting stuff like that now, but we don't have a vision for ourselves. Everybody yeah, has a vision. Brother, we laugh mm-hmm. at the brothers who are on the street vending trying to sell socks and hats and gloves. That's we true. We think that's a joke. Mm-hmm. In fact, we'll tell them when you're going to get a real job. <laughs> yeah, we do do that. You're and right about that. You know, and I always ask black people, just buy something one day a week with one of them brothers. Anything. Mm-hmm. Go buy some incense, anything. Whatever they got, buy that. We spend the other seven days, six days, giving our money to white people and Asian people who have businesses since we don't have anything. And then if we have something, we're so hard on each other, it makes it difficult to us to work, brother. That's true, because we'd rather be a janitor instead of owning our own cleaning service. And, you know, and we'd rather work for somebody else. And we do, put, and then we don't have a community because we let everybody come in and, and exploit us. That's true. And they take the money out of the community. If we had economics together, we'd have protection from the police. We and, have, you know, one of, that's right, any one of those things. If we were mm-hmm. a thriving community, instead of standing around and looking like we up to no good. Mm-hmm. That's true. I mean, also, uh, what's your take on, like, people with the hip-hop culture? Like, it's like a lot of brothers are becoming effeminized. Is that a part of the plan? You see, like, how they're using the black male in this period as well? Well, no, that's just part of a... If uh, over 70% of our women a widow, separated, single, or divorced, and all them black boys is being raised up by women. Mm-hmm. And so that's their mentor and role model. The women be around a lot of other women. They get left with women. Right. You know, and so they just picking up what they see. And black women recognize this, and that's why they call them a bitch. You know, they see <laughs> how they be acting. Right. It's sad, but, you know, that is that is how it is. Well, you know, black fathers are so much needed. I think about the story of uh, the Williams sisters' father. How he went through what he went through in Louisiana, having his best friend Lynch, and he learned how to play golf. I mean, not golf, but tennis in his forties, and taught his daughters. And I look at so many black women on these shows, like fraternity court. I look at that; it's like so many these women want a father, but they they try to replace it with sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, most but they want daddy. Most of us have a daddy complex because we never mm-hmm. got that trait. A lot of the rage that we come up with against our men is based on abandonment issues that we had with our own fathers. Mm. So it's, it's it's complicated, brother. It's really complicated, and that's why if we dedicate our lives to anything, we need to just pick something. Stop trying to be all over the place. Pick right. something that you want to do and support and push and promote and just do that. And we'll be blessed if we get any of that off the ground. And Sister Ali, I want to thank you. I mean, the time was about so fast. I just love talking to you. You are a, a <laughs> treasure. To me, I, I'm going to find a way to make it work. I'm going I'm to I'm find a way to do better with our media because we still have, we have some big balls when it comes to, to telling the stories that our people need to hear and supporting the folks who are on the front lines. We need to support our generals and our, and our soldiers on the front line. And, you know, we need to stop being apologetic towards white people because they don't give a damn about how we feel about anything. Well, we need to take them out of the equation and right. look at self. Mm-hmm. What can we do and work on that? That That's just really, and that's what everybody's avoiding, brother. Mm-hmm. The work. <laughs> the real there work, right. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> this is Ali. How can we uh, find out more information and buy stuff from you? What will be the best way to connect well, with you? Uh, of course, uh, go to Amazon.com, the Black Man's Guide to Understand the Black Woman is on there. And in a month, Are You Still mm-hmm. a Slave will be on there. And uh, they can get my books on there. And uh, my email address is uh, 
online somewhere. They can go look for that if they just wanted to, you know, email me. Yeah, I'll definitely post that. We can do that. Now, you don't sell your shows, right? People just listen to them? No, people just listen to them. Like, I just okay. put it out there. Okay. If I did, I, you know, I, I'll make a donation if I got to. Listen, I guarantee you, mm-hmm. I guarantee you that within less than three months, when are you going to air this? I'm going to put it out today. Okay. Well, probably before the end of next month, mm-hmm. next couple of weeks, somebody will have taped this and put it on the uh, YouTube. Yeah, yeah, they do that. I see a lot of folks be doing that. But I, what can you do? I'll I be looking at it. You know what's funny? You got to pay. Like, a lot of people say, well, it should be free. I said, that's a problem. Everything has a cost. We're not willing to pay the cost to right. be free. Okay. We're not willing to pay the cost to be free. Mm-mm. That's the problem the with what? Well, the same people who don't want to spend $20 for a Hidden Colors DVD will be standing there with a $150 pair of sneakers up. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are mentally dead in this period. We gotta wake the hell up. We gotta wake up that penal gun. <laughs> well, well, we we have got it mixed up. But listen, brother, I always enjoy talking to you. I still have this wonderful award you give me. We all be. I got it right on my mantle. That's cool. You deserve more though. I, I want to see what I can do. <laughs> <laughs> it's an honor. I mean, I, I you deserve more because you are a prophetess. You prove, and you there for our people. Uh, okay, Sister Ali, I want to thank you in the words of Great Together, and we love you madly, and keep on producing and yes, pushing. Sir. All right, well, you keep me posted. I will, yes, ma'am. All right, brother, peace. All right, peace. <laughs>
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.